Welcome to Home Selling Hero, hosted by real estate veteran Tom Didion. Each week, we break down today's ultra-hot home sellers market and give you the tips, tricks, and guidance to navigate the selling process and get the most out of selling your home. Proudly presented by the Tom Didion team. Let's jump in. Greetings and moyen, everybody. Thanks for coming back to the Home Selling Hero Podcast. I am your host, as always, Tom Didier. And in the studio today, I got my buddy Nick, Nick Meyer, sitting across the street from me. Welcome to the uh, podcast studio, Nick. Thanks for having me, Tom. So this is Mr. Mover. His real name's Nick. A lot of people a lot of people call you Mr. Mover, right? It's a lot easier. That's true. You're just Mr. Mover. So we're going to do an episode on moving today because it's something very different. I haven't had any guests to talk about moving and the reality is, that's one common thing, is every time we sell a house, somebody needs to move, right? True. True. I suppose two, in theory. Yeah. Yeah, twice, right? And well, that's one of my questions, too, is buyers and sellers, you know, who moves themselves more. So I'll start off the podcast with a true story, my own true story, about your company, Mr. Mover, which is Mr. Mover moved my family into the house we're sitting in 24 years ago, and it's genuinely one of my biggest regrets that happened right after you guys moved us in here. And I thought, why did I've been, when we were young, we moved ourselves around quite a bit and we were jumping around. We moved from house to house. And every time we'd move, we'd grab trucks and trailers and horse trailers and dump trucks. And it was always buddies and straps and shit was falling out of the trailers when we were, it was, you know, but I don't know. I assumed that moving was for rich people. And then your company moved us in here and I was like, I didn't do anything and we completely moved in and I was like, shit, I really messed up on that. Like should have been hiring professional movers the whole time. It's really not for what you guys do. And of course, this is just my experience. We'll talk about other people's experiences, but um, yeah, that's what, that's my experience. So with that said, Nick is Mr. Mover. Um, Nick, take a few minutes to introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, who you are and what you do and a little brief history about Mr. Mover. Thank you. Yep. So like you had introduced me here, Nick Meyer. I have been owner of Mr. Mover since 2009. I've been managing the company since 2006 when it was under its original ownership. Okay. Um, the founder, Craig Nettesheim, founded Mr. Mover in 1995. I worked for him shortly after he began in 1997 while still in high school. Okay. Really enjoyed the work, continued working for him in the summers throughout um, the remainder of my high school career and then throughout college, and then kind of came on full-time in 2001. Okay. And um, at a, at some point in the, we'll call it in the 2005 range, we yeah. discussed uh, a possible uh, business acquisition as he was looking to just do something different. He yeah. personally had been in the moving business for much, much longer okay. uh, before forming Mr. Mover. And I think he was just looking for a change of pace. Sure. Sure. So we just, we started working towards a goal, common goal of, of me purchasing the company from him. And then, uh, it was pretty neat. He, uh, was very gracious. So uh, you didn't own any businesses prior to this. So you no. literally were like the, the guy that starts in the mail room at a company and ends up being the CEO. So did you ever actually have to open the mail? I mean, <laughs> no, limited mail, okay. limited mail. But you, until I got into the office. All right. But you did start, literally, you were just a mover. And, yep, um, just a helper. From the ground up. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, it was. It's pretty and you had no business experience other than. No. So you just figured it out. Well, he probably was a good mentor and helped you along. Terrific, terrific mentor and yeah. gave me a lot of opportunities to learn from him. 
make mistakes <laughs> that both he sure. and or I paid for, yeah. uh, which was great. And hopefully someday, you know, I'm older and grayer, maybe I can uh, do the same for the next ownership. Mistakes are awesome. I always point them out. Mistakes are very necessary, whether it's in your business or your real life. Like it's kind of how you figure shit out is make mistakes and then look back and say, oh, that was a mistake. You know, learn from that. All right. So Mr. Mover, how many employees you got right now? Let's see. Well, you caught me in the down season here. We are right. a bit of a yeah. seasonal business uh, in that we do so much less yeah. work uh, in the wintertime being here in Wisconsin, yeah. as I'm sure all your listeners know. Right now, I think I have 14 movers huh? and about uh, two and a half office staff members with me. Okay. Uh, my general manager, my office manager, and my administrative assistant. And, and um, she, she works part-time, so. And are you guys, is Mr. Mover strictly a residential moving company or do you guys move anything and everything? I wouldn't say anything and everything, but uh, we are mostly, I mean, we are residential moving experts. Okay. Um, we like to, I don't, I feel like you can't be a jack of maybe all trades, a jack of all trades, master of none, uh, sometimes greater than a master of one, as yeah. the quote goes. But I think uh, our bread and butter and what we're best at is residential moving. We do very well at small commercial and small office moving as well. Okay. If you have a 200-person office, don't call me. Right. Right. <laughs> or call me and I could send you in the right direction. I was going to say, you're probably yeah. an excellent source for referrals. For Absolutely. People. So you got Absolutely. people. Because if I understand, you're not, I don't know what the correct terminology is, but you're not a carrier. Like you, you don't move us to, you know, California. You're not doing that. That's correct. So- you know, the technical term is I'm an intra-state mover, intra. which means within the state of Wisconsin, okay. we can provide any services you might need, but interstate movers who usually utilize like a carrier, right. like a United or a Mayflower or something right. you might think of when you think of a, a big moving company, um, we're not an affiliated yep. with a van line. So gotcha. we're really good at, at doing this local moving bit. And as soon as you get uh, into interstate, it's an entirely different animal. And I have no interest in pursuing no. that. So are you actively, like in real estate, when somebody comes to us and they want to move to California, we're very, or we can be and should be very on hand, on hands-on um, involved in the referral. Like we actually interview agents and we don't just say call somebody in California. We actually do an interview process. Do you just say call somebody else or do you actually get involved in handing them off to the right inter that, interstate care? That's a good question. Interstate-wise, I do have... Really, I just have one mover I've been referring okay. exclusively because <laughs> over the years I've been sending work to them, sure. and over the years I don't hear anything <laughs> that anything I don't bad. want to, yeah. right? Yeah, because uh, so, yeah, that reflects on you then. Absolutely, yeah. and a lot of times these might be our current or past customers calling us again for a move, but they happen to be going to Illinois or they happen to be going couldn't mm -hmm. be anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. We want them to be happy with whoever moves them. Sure. Um, so that's that's how we handle those. All right. What about, you mentioned Wisconsin. So to own a moving company, what kind of licensing certification? I mean, can I start a moving company tomorrow and just call it Tom's Moving Company? Or do I need to like actually know what, I mean, I obviously should know what I'm doing, but who, who checks on you? Uh, well, I guess, you know, we're members of the Wisconsin Movers Association, okay. which is a division of the Federal Motor Carriers Association. Okay. So you do need uh, an authority number. Um, hmm which is a DOT number from right. the feds. And then you need a state authority, okay. um, in which case, you know, that's an LC number for us. Yep. If you were an interstate 
mover, you'd have an MC number. Okay. Number. So are these numbers you're getting, are are you qualifying for them or is it literally a matter of, you know, proper insurance and registration and paying your fees or is there any train? I mean, can anybody, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there that you can just start a company and, and be on your own. I, mean. I believe that barriers to entry are relatively okay. low, that there aren't any testing. Of course, I was able to there aren't any tests I'm aware of. Of okay. course, I was able to take over from the former owner. Right. I did have to apply for a new DOT number at that time, but maintained okay. the LC number. So All right. So you have, just like the realtors, you have professional organizations that you belong to that, you know, but there's no required continuing education. You just figure stuff out on your own. And Correct. it's your job to educate yourself and stay on top of your industry. Correct. And, Trial by fire. Yeah. And a, a lot of that is going to be compliance in order to become insured, right. which is the hardest thing. Right. Honestly, the, yeah, insurers don't like moving companies. Yeah. I, well, and that was going to be, well, yeah, well, we're jumping around. But I imagine, I mean, you guys are handling, you know, some pretty expensive things. I'll, I'll, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Like, what's the... What's the most expensive piece of furniture or personal belonging you've that you know of that you've handled? I mean, you've picked up a painting that's worth, you know, a million bucks or something. I mean, maybe you don't know and maybe that's a good thing. But I'm guessing you're handling expensive that's, stuff. That's a good point. There's a lot of expensive collectibles out there. Once it gets to that level, you'd have to get insurance riders, you know, for these right. specific move um, because the limits will exceed your Okay. Your truck insurance value by ah. so much. And then you've got to adjust your moving for that item accordingly. Some people are willing to pay that, some aren't. And if it is a priceless artifact, yeah. I mean, it's probably safer in your back seat right. if it's super fragile than it is right. being overly packed and crated and yeah. put into a truck, you know, and excessively handled. So is it your job or do you make it a point? to ask the homeowners if there's anything specific, you know, you should be aware of like, Hey, we're, we're moving a traditional house here, but you know, do I need to be aware that that table is a $40,000 collectible? So do you ask those questions? We do ask the questions. Not all customers know the answers. Yeah. You hope you have the best information you have. And the only time the evaluation is going to come into play is got to help you if, right. <laughs> if the item gets damaged, you right. know? So how do you train these guys? I mean, it's been a while since I've been on a move, but I mean, how do these, I mean, I would think like physical requirements are an absolute requirement. You can't hire people that aren't physically able to lift heavy things, correct? You are right. I mean, you got to be coordinated. You got to be strong. You got to be smart. You got to be, so how do you, how do you find that? There's a lot that goes into that. A lot of our employees have athletic backgrounds and that yeah. helps. Um, but interestingly enough, sometimes the biggest, strongest guys make the worst movers. Really? That's yeah. interesting. I, I think there's almost a, a type. Um, I think I think the average mover is actually, you know, kind of a lean to medium build guy. You yeah. know, he can fit into yeah. corners maybe where a bigger guy can't. Um, but there, there are bigger guys that, that do really well. Yeah. So don't judge a book by its cover is always exactly. true, and it's not always the case. So what about the actual training? Like how do, I mean, is there, is it just on the job or do your employees actually go through a training regimen? We we go through a, a short training regimen in our okay. warehouse to train how to lift okay. things. From there, we then bring our movers out onto actual moves and under careful guidance, train them how to move all the different items. Um, that's the interesting thing is, I mean, sure, no two moves are alike and no two dress. Well, maybe some dressers are alike, but 
you're always moving a different piece of furniture through a different hallway, up a different stairway, through a different doorway. So it, it's it's all pretty interesting. Yeah. You can't train perfectly for that other yeah. than just by repetition and, and moving things in different circumstances. Have a house to sell, but not sure who to trust when it comes to getting the best deal and leveraging the current market? Trust the experts at the Tom Didier team. With over a quarter century of selling Milwaukee, Tom and his team of real estate experts are here to ensure that you get every penny you deserve out of selling your home. No matter where you live in the dairy state, put one of Wisconsin's top real estate teams to work for you in selling your home and making the most of your real estate investment. Looking to buy a house instead? Tom and his team have you covered here as well helping you craft and perfect the offer on your dream home. Visit SellingMilwaukee.com to find out how much your home could be worth and connect with the team to make your next real estate transaction a dream. Now, back to the show. And there's got to be situations where simply this piece of furniture will not go through that door, period, right? right? And then so the options are, you don't move it. You cut it up into pieces. You cut the door opening bigger. Like there's got to be some wild. Right. You know. No, no, we won't do any actual modifications of the home, but if it looks like it could be close, we can offer the customer, hey, you can take off your, you know, door yeah. cord around or your door stop, right? Yeah. It looks like it'll make it. Sometimes windows can be removed and sofas and things like that can get put through. Yeah. So, or even a hoist to another, a second floor patio or porch and then through a door or window. All right. So you mentioned like a hoist. So that'll lead me to my question, which is like, are there special tools or accessories you guys bring? Do you bring, what do you call them? Like telescopic handlers or your own mini elevators and, you know, you bring your own chains and hoists and things like that? Or is it pretty much just human beings and strong backs? We don't do actual rigging like you would expect of maybe a mover in New York City who's okay. got to move the piano. Sure. Yeah. You know, up 10 stories, you know, the crane, that yeah. that sort of thing. But what we do... A fair amount of this residential normal home or apartment type hoist moves. Most of that is performed the old-fashioned way with sure. straps, extension ladders, lots of padding and stretch wrap, and mm. several movers. Typically, a hoist is going to involve four men, you know, yep. two up, two down, to safely perform. Like if you needed to move a sofa up a couple flights. Sure. sure. Okay. So you mentioned like wrapping and all this stuff. So is that stuff included in a move or do you, are, is there a lot of accessories and extras that a client needs to potentially purchase during a move? I mean, That's the blankets are what's included in a standard move. And I'm, I'm sure we won't cover everything you offer, but you know, what's included in a standard move and what are the accessories you can buy? That's that's a, a good question. I, <clears throat> we try to, as a full service mover, we'll, you know, of course we'll pack you, pack you, move you, store you. I, we have our own portable storage units, which people know as pods. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to offer a wide, variety, wide array of services. There, that being said, on an actual move, a customer shouldn't really expect extra charges because we're upfront and charge by the piece and know ahead of time what no. we're up against. We do need to know about those hoists ahead of time so that we can send out the right size crew and ladders and so on and so forth and, and, and assign the appropriate amount of time customers would never have to provide like a like a packing material unless they wanted to we pad wrap all the furniture in a person's home before it's moved which is unique 
most movers move items out, what you'd call naked, pick up a dresser and carry it as is out of the home and then pad wrap it in the truck, unwrap it when they get to the new home Hmm. and carry it in naked. By pad wrapping the furniture, you just give that much less chance of a claim Mm. on the home itself or, of course, the the item you're moving. It does make moving the item a little more difficult because you have to grip them differently um, because now they're they're just pads. That and you're, you're doing a lot of prep work. I mean, a lot. it's more there's time. Lot. There's a lot of prep. There's the pad-wrapped furniture uh, that also holds the drawers shut in your dressers, okay. which can then remain full of bedding and clothing because yeah. they're all shut. Also, we stretch-wrap sofas in the home before they're moved. So they're nice. They're tight. They're protected. They're clean. And that actually tightens them up a little bit, makes them a little mm-hmm. bit smaller to get through those doorways. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of back with your hoist scenario customer wouldn't need to provide anything there. Okay. So you got everything you need. Correct. Do you ever have to bring in tractors, forklifts, skidsters, anything to We we typically don't do that. Okay. No. Not not your thing. The customer could rent, you know, something yeah. like that and we'll provide, of course, the labor, you know, in yeah. and out or something like that. I know that we've helped with a telehandler putting a, a sofa through some ridiculous I don't know, it was a seven story building. It had to go on through the window, but the customer had lined up the you know, window removal mm-hmm. from the side of this, you know, yeah. this tall building. And then they had a telehandler operator and everything. So we just gotcha. provided labor on that. Well, you threw out the word pods. So now you got to tell the listeners <laughs> what a pod is. I know what they are. Okay. But they're, if I understand, they're pretty uh, recent phenomenon, right? Fairly. Um, but you got your own now. So what's a pod? Sure. So ours are Mr. Mover Movables. Okay. what I'm calling our containers. And they are 16 foot long eight foot wide, eight foot tall, all steel, galvanized steel in this case, container with two doors on one end with good seals on them for you to put your contents into. The largest company that does this is called Pods, which mm-hmm. is what I kind of, everyone has a kind of, that's the generic term sure. for it. And that that's fine, right? So we can deliver these to your home or business we can leave it on site for you. Perhaps you're just doing a remodel or something of that nature and you need to store items temporarily okay. and then and then load them back into your home. We can also, of course, help with the labor on that yeah. component uh, or you can do that on your own. And then you know, another scenario would be we deliver the container, you fill it, and then we move it somewhere else for yeah. you, whether that's back to our warehouse huh. to hold on to for you sure. or to your new home. You know, some folks like to declutter. Mm-hmm. You probably see this a lot in, in your industry, maybe like a staging type of decluttering. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So this would be, yeah, you don't even have to take your stuff to a storage shed. You just put it, take it out in your driveway. You got a 16 by eight by eight pod. We're calling it portable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Mover portable, fill it full of whatever you want. And then you guys will pick it up and take it wherever you want it. Like, want. or they can let it sit in their driveway. Probably Absolutely. looks a little unsightly during showings, but Take it back to one of well, your warehouses. Not our units, Tom. They're right. beautiful. Well, that's true. <laughs> and I'm guessing they look just like, but if I'm correct, your logo, which is very noticeable, probably because you guys are the only player in town, but it's pretty much the same. It's red and white, and you got some stripes. Is all of your branding and your logo still the same as it was in 1995? Yes. It is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's an arrow. Yeah. Um, Mr. Mover Incorporated, and then it says, the smartest move you'll ever make is our logo yeah our slogan rather and and that's kind of timeless timeless also really i think so i think so uh i also think you know calling mr mover is going to make your experience smooth i like to reiterate that 
Yeah, calling a mover should be easy for you. Even if you don't end up needing us, we can give you advice in any direction here on any relocation you're making. Yeah. That's of course free. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just call and, yep. and we've got we've heard it all, we've seen it all for sure. So in your experience, who do you think you work for more often being the buyers or the sellers or is it pretty much split does it make a difference like buyers always move themselves and sellers don't or is i'm guessing that's a split that's a tough one yeah. i think it's a i think it's an even split okay so it probably do you find that it has to do am i correct with my scenario that younger people say kids in their 20s they're not kids they're adults but yeah young adults in their 20s are more likely to move themselves more apt to move and themselves. as human beings get smarter they, they, they realize, you know, we don't really need to be moving ourselves. We can hire people for this. So you were right. I do feel as though the trend, I'd say our, our client base, I would say their age is average age is lowering, I would say. Okay. So whether that to your point means that, uh, young adults are smarter sooner yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, uh, or I don't know, maybe less, less apt yeah. to just do this type of work. I'm not sure what yeah. the answer is there, but okay. um, I don't keep the exact demographic on it, yeah. but I think people are calling a little younger each year, it feels like. That makes sense. Um, yeah, they're a little, picking on that generation, whatever they are, millennials are, but they, yeah, realtors tend to blame them for being lazy. And we always talk about sweat equity or the lack thereof. Like in the old days, you wanted a house that was horribly dated with shag carpet and, you know, brown countertops. And nowadays, I think people's lives are just so busy, these buyers. Like it needs to be really, it's still, even in this market, it needs to be a pretty good house for it to disappear quickly. Like the ones that are super, super dated, they're still selling for a lot, but not anything like the ones that are staged perfectly. So you're you're noticing less less people to do handle the remodeling yeah, themselves, whether right. it's in whether the it's old days hands or even hiring somebody that yeah, don't want anything. Totally, to total, total change. And it used to be so popular that the first buy was a duplex that you live in one side, which is still kind of cool. A lot of people want to do that, but when does a duplex come up for sale? Almost never. So that's a really difficult conversation because sometimes that's handed down from father to son or father to daughter, whatever it is. And they say, yeah, I want to buy my first duplex. And it's like, Ooh, we haven't had one come up for sale in six months, but okay, let's, let's see, let's, let, let's take, take a look at it. So uh, <laughs> changing market for sure. So in your, you know, you've been in the business for over 20 years. What's the biggest change in the business, whether it be technology or the type of people or the type of trucks, uh, the way you move, the, the actual, what am I thinking? I'm thinking about technique, like, you know, like I think of a gym techniques and workouts are training, changing constantly. There's always like a new workout. You think we thought of everything, but then they think of something else. Sure. So any new techniques, technology, or is it still kind of old school, Man, just strong backs and get shit done too much. Yeah. We try and, you know, work smarter, not harder right. there. There are, let's, let's think tools. We have, we have mechanized dollies, you know, stair climbing dollies. So they're yep. uh, battery powered dollies that can move heavy objects with limited effort. There are limited situations okay. where you can use these. Right. An example would be you have gun safes, th yep. things like that, that are very heavy, very dense, yep. um, not of an obscene size because you still have to maneuver with this dolly. Yeah. So uh, we do utilize those, uh, but again, limited, okay. limited applications. What about um, these straps you see everybody? You guys are big, big uh, users of the we try straps? The, there's, yes, we, we use what's called the hump strap. 
Okay. It's the pump strap. Yeah, that's probably been around for, you know, okay. who knows, since the beginning of time. <laughs> Invented with okay. the wheel. All right. Um, and that can be used basically to create a human dolly in any given situation okay. uh, to move heavy two-man or more yeah. pieces of furniture. Um, that's still the go-to. We did buy the appliance-specific straps that perhaps people have seen mm. when you get a new stove delivered. Um, and these um, contractors that just move these appliances all day mm -hmm. long, you know, they've got 20 on their truck. That's what they tend to use. And that's this big, wide, single strap that goes under the unit and they kind of move it vertically. Um, not so hot with stairs, you know, and mm -hmm. really just kind of, it's a one trick pony. Okay. So of course I thought these were neat and, and it looked like a great idea and it, in usage, it didn't get used enough. Hmm, interesting. So, there are the, you know, I like to try those things yeah. when they pop up. Sure. Um, what about technology as it pertains to like the way you do business with your clients and video? I mean, do you make use of, are you still bidding, to, you know, your projects the same as the old days or are you making use of like, can a seller send you a video of their stuff and you can bid it, I don't know, based on a... I don't know, video they send you or anything, or we how, can how is the computer helping that. you yes. or hurting you? Sure. And how is how is AI going to replace you? Can mm. can AI move a pool table? You know, we're working on that. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay. you guys might actually have job stability. I'm trying to think of like, you know, so many industries are going to be replaced, but I don't think AI is going to be able to move a pool table. Regardless, I think of, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. You know, until there's these. Uh, you know, if you could get these bipedals to, uh, you know, scan and figure out a hallway and then right. you know, send a pair of them in to move a home, yeah. Yeah, that could be us in 50 years. Yeah, but I'm I think sure. we have a little time. Yeah, I think so, um, too. To that, to that point, it is something I've considered. Yeah. Um, yet, as far as technology goes, we've kind of always been ahead of the curve, at least from a uh, web presence and, you know, website user yeah. friendliness. Uh, people can submit uh, request for quotations from our website. They've been able to do that since like 1996. Yeah, you guys were and early. That's, that's what was neat about uh, the founder. You know, I mean, he was ahead of the curve. I remember you guys were able to bid things based on the seller would fill out the form. I think we were using fax machines in the in the late 90s. Sure. Um, and you'd say, here's how many couches, here's how many, you know, whatever bedroom sets. And then they'd send you a fax back saying, here's your move. And yep. you'd actually quote it. And they never saw your house. So. You're still yeah. doing that. We can still do that. Yeah. Uh, boy, the faxing hasn't been going on. But right. <laughs> yeah, we'll email that back to you or call you. We can discuss it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people prefer to discuss the moves, but um, a lot of times people will even send us listing photos and we'll, we'll work okay. from that. And that, that yeah. works real well too. Yeah. So That's pretty cool. That makes sense to me that you're still, moving hasn't changed. I mean, you're using some tools, but it's still the same thing. You still got to... What about that? What about the? Here's a good question I just thought of. Is like, what are you moving now that you weren't moving 20 years ago? What are human beings now purchasing and moving with each? Very good question. I like to say these, uh, <laughs> this this generation of movers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't have to go uphill both ways to school. Right. They have a break on. <laughs> they have a break on televisions. Ah. Interesting. From a difficulty standpoint and a weight standpoint only, because big screen TVs, if you know, you and I are of a generation, yeah. those things were monsters, yeah. heavy, as wide as doorways, yeah. almost always in basements. You know, yeah. Yeah. those have gone away, right? The 
extremely heavy tube type TVs have also gone away. The cathode ray tubes, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically Sony made this the high, you know, the upper echelon, mm-hmm. the, the Cadillac of the tube TVs was the Trinitron. Okay. And they made that in a 40 inch TV with a glass front. That yeah. TV, we, we had it. It had the opposite. Think about the shape. Like new yes. computer screens are, I don't know if it's concave. Remember the old ones, those Trinitrons, they were shaped this way. Yes. Like a bubble coming out at you. Yeah. Weird. I remember we, we had that TV. Miserably. Very heavy. heavy. Very yeah. heavy. That for, I remember that the 40 inch was 300 pounds. Yeah. And when you pick this thing up, it's it's this like formed plastic base. It's basically like two plastic knives cutting into your the screen side hand. Yeah. And yeah. you can't set this thing down anywhere. You can yeah. break the plastic. So now you've got to walk whatever flights of stairs and turns and everything. And you can never set it down. Yeah. That was pretty brutal. Um, so the TVs they've got to break on. We also see far less armoires, oh, okay. which were those giant two-doored cabinets, yeah. and the large entertainment centers. Those well, that makes sense because the way we're watching TV is completely different. These TVs are gigantic, and they don't weigh anything, and they just go on the big wall. They used to always be inside these armoires, right, in entertainment yep. centers. Yep. I remember showing so many condos or houses or wherever they were, and the buy, it was so frustrating because the buyer would take a pass on the perfect property. And they'd have a tape measure and they'd say, our entertainment center won't fit. And I'd just look at it like, oh, really? We're, we're making a, this wow. is a $200,000 purchase. This is in the, you know, 90s based on a $300 entertainment center. That's but great. that's important to people, or at least it was. I don't know. But yeah, that makes total sense. We're, sure. So we're getting away from entertainment centers. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely. That's, that's a big trend. I'd say pianos. Yeah. Little less popular, yeah. Little less popular. I'm still moving them, yeah. you know. But occasionally, someone's like, "Ah, oh, we're just leaving it for the new people," right? You know, Maybe implying that this thing is of no value. To chest me. freezers. We leave a lot of chest freezers in basements with deals. Um, so you've been mentioning kind of a roundabout way that some of the things you don't want to move heavy televisions. You mentioned say gun safes. Those are heavy. Those are heavy, and we and we we, do them. we know pool tables are slate. Pool tables are extremely heavy. You got to move a lot of those. Pool tables are, yep, they're kind of their own animal. And, you know, in order for us to move a slate table, it does need to be fully disassembled, which not a lot of clients understand that, especially if they bought the home with the table in it. Um, So when we talk, we're able to educate them uh, about their table and try and connect them with a pool table professional who can completely take this thing apart. And then, of course, we move the bare slate and all the parts. Um, Usually... Fortunately, tables in the last few decades are three-piece slates, okay. uh, but one-piece slate tables used to be a lot more common, and that's a miserable piece to move. Always so so pool tables like televisions are becoming lighter, yes? Yes, yes. you're right, because I would assume, three pieces. Yep. Yeah, I would assume they're easier to move, lighter, still just as good in terms of, I'm not a pool player really, so I don't really know how to judge a pool table. I'm guessing the ones that are flat and true are good. Um, so is there, are there any, there's gotta be pieces that you refuse to move. Like you're like, Hey, I'll move you, but I ain't touching this, this, and that. Uh, one item that stands out are hot tubs. Oh yeah. Um, I can recall earlier on in our, our business when I was a mover in the field, you know, so let's say nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. Um, we did move hot tubs and we're talking the monsters that are in your backyard. Um, Difficult, yes. <laughs> um, but really, the biggest problem seemed to be 
uh, whenever this thing, I mean, this thing has been jostled down the road, it's been sure. carried, it's been sat down, and it's not that our trucks are bumpy, but once it gets to its final resting place and then someone has their electrician hook it up, some part wouldn't work, mm-hmm. you know, whether that was, or there'd be a leak, right? Because a bike jostled loose. I mean, yeah. there's a million parts in these things, um, not due to poor moving, right? Yeah. Or something electronic wouldn't work, pump it, and now you have a claim. And you're like, yeah. ah, I only charged you 200 bucks to move this thing yeah. <laughs> or whatever, yeah. you know, in, in conjunction with the move, right? Yeah. Um, so we just kind of stopped moving those because it was too hard to do yeah. it without there being some issue yeah. that you likely weren't responsible yep. for. <clears throat> Makes total sense. So true, so total sidebar, true story. 30 days ago, I ended up picking up this free, it was called a cake cooler. It was from the coffee shop in Grafton. He was giving it away. It was in the way. And we've got the hanger where we have all the parties. And I was like, oh, we could totally fill this thing with some product. And it was, it lit up and we moved it. We put it into my truck with four non-professional movers. Uh, <laughs> we're not professional, but we got it in there. And then we hauled it down the road and I got it to the hanger and I unloaded it. And I plugged it in and the damn thing literally, actually it lit up and I was like, ooh, yay. And you you heard the compressor kick in and then I literally heard like some awful electrical noises like, and then pop, a big explosion. And then I looked and it was literally on fire. So like smoke was pouring out the back and flames were literally like, these aren't little flames. Like the motor was actually on fire. Wow. So wow. Uh, I was like, all right, well, this was a very big failure, but um, yeah. And then I ended you up paying, your money's worth I, out of the Yeah, year. I ended up paying somebody to come get it from the um, scrapyard. Ozaki, did you, Ozaki, did you have to fix your electrical, or was it? No, right? I no. We should be good there. I think uh, <laughs> that thing blew before the circuit breakers did. So yeah, nice. I don't know. So yeah, in retrospect, maybe if I would have hired a professional mover, or you probably would have turned that one down, just like a hot tub, and you might have said, "This thing's really like, old. Eh. You might want to just leave it there." <laughs> All right, let's talk about. Um, I wanted to ask about tipping because. Um, you know, my college roommate was a mover in on the east side of Milwaukee, and he always told me the things they looked the most forward to were tips and McDonald's burrito, bags of McDonald's burritos that the seller would provide. He said it was the best moves. Like you get there at seven in the morning, there'd be a bag of 30 McDonald's burritos always started off the day right. So how do you take care of, if your mover does a good job, how do you take care of them? Good question. I, I, First of all, you'd never receive any pressure from you know anyone at the company for this. Uh, I would estimate half or more of our clients decide to tip the movers. Cool. You know, probably just depending on budget and how thrilled sure. they were. You know, well, and yeah, totally. And some like people anything. just don't think about it, yeah. so we try not to. You know, no one ever takes any offense, right? Um, and I've also uh, you know reinforced that with with the movers and saying you know. This is a really stressful operation. If people don't think to do it, it, they may very well have tipped you if this was any given other situation, but they had two closings. You know what I mean? You can barely uh, string a sentence together sometimes on moving day, right? Um, But uh, yes, a fair amount of customers fortunately uh, choose to tip the guys, which is, it's pretty neat. Yeah. And keeps Um, keeps them humble. It keeps them motivated and- Makes them very appreciative. Absolutely. And one of my favorite gratuities back in in the day uh, would be customer buying you lunch. Yeah, cool. You know, or breakfast, to your point. Just kind of a, hey, you know, (laughs) you're not robots. Right. You know, here's a, you know, here's something to fuel you up. Yeah, you guys need fuel, you know. Yeah, Yeah. if you keep them full of fuel, they're going to, you know, get your stuff moved for sure. (laughs) What about drivers? Like, those guys have to be, and I'm sure you've 
had good drivers and bad drivers. I had noticed when you moved our daughter uh, a couple of years ago, that was down in Shorewood, east side of Milwaukee, where there is no parking available anywhere. I mean, and I couldn't believe it. He got into a space that I don't know. I was like, dude, you're not going to fit. This is a big rig. Like, you can't go in there. And he we wiggled it in there. I was like, okay. Was it like a I parallel guess. park situation? Yeah, right on, yeah. O- right on Oakland, <laughs> right on Oakland Avenue. And we, we actually weren't taking up um, any fire hydrants or blocking driveways. So, but that's got, is that on the job training pretty much, right? Most of it, yeah. And you make sure you're the guys driving your trucks are the, the right guys. Oh, they're the right guys, definitely. Yeah. You know, lots of training early on, lots of mentoring. And then, well, a lot of it is just them getting good at it, just honing yeah. their craft, you know. Yeah. And, and everybody loves to be the one swing backer in, you know, because right. we have we have truck and trailer. Typically, we do have some small straight trucks. But okay. with a truck and trailer, you know, you're articulating in. But yeah. uh, these guys get good enough where you're, you know, you're backing into a driveway off the street and you sure. don't even have to pull forward. And, yeah. You know, you got a 45-foot-long truck and trailer. It's pretty cool. One of my uh, team members had emailed me, how do you prepare the homeowner's property, like, how do you take care to make sure you don't damage the floors and, and the property in general? Like, you're moving, you know, scraping stuff along or, you know, how do you, you talked about the bundling and the padding, yes. but do you have to, do you have to put down blankets or how do you prepare? Good question. Uh, we have a lot of protection for the home. We have doorway protectors that we use. We have runners and we have entryway protection that we use right away. Okay. Oftentimes we'll remove your front door. Really? You know, okay. um, especially on a larger move. You just have a large volume of pieces, even though they're padded, you know, they're they're coming through the door a lot. So oftentimes we'll do that. We'll remove doors wherever necessary, of course, um, you know, swinging doors. And, um, you know, if you have a, a banister or something like that or a railing that's in a uh, vicarious or maybe maybe a vulnerable would be a okay. better word, a vulnerable position, you know, maybe on a turn, oh. top of stair, bottom of stair that's going to see maybe a little more action, we may pad that. We also have runners that we can send off in every direction, both canvas and neoprene, different okay. styles. But we can send those off in every direction from the entrances and even do flights of stairs. Uh-huh. We can't cover every square inch of the house, but as I like to say, you know, even in the winter here, you're coming in with wet feet, they're not going to have any dirt left by the time they get to the end of what they've set up. They're going to squeak the floor if they, you know, yeah. you've got a wood floor, but that's it. So- if I understand correctly, a homeowner, they hire you to the move. They have the ability to be as involved as they want to be. So if they, is it true that if they want to save money, they can do all the packing, you know, I mean, packaging and the bundling and really get it. The less work for you, the less the invoice is going to be, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So they can do, they can be as hand on as they want. Do you, pref- do you find that that, I mean, do they sometimes bundle their stuff incorrectly and make the job harder? Do you prefer to be in charge of everything or do you actually like it when you show up to a house and the seller homeowner has everything ready to go? That's a tough one. We do a fair amount of just furniture moves, okay. you know, so the, the customer might move all their own lamps, pictures, yeah. boxes, right? right? Packing and moving of those. Uh, the only thing that can muck that up in my opinion is um, the customer has moved all those boxes out and then placed them in the new home where the furniture or the movers yeah. need to walk through. That'd be the only tricky thing there. Mm-hmm. And, I, and other than that, I love the idea because they may cut their move cost in half right. by moving these items on their own. Sure. And I think that that's great. You know, if you're budget-minded sure. and you have the time to do it, mm-hmm. rock on, mm-hmm. right? And you don't need as much skilled labor. To, you don't really need to be skilled at all to move a box. Mm-hmm. So I think if uh, if a customer wants to do that to save money, 
that's fantastic. You know, that's fine. Uh, we'll just move the furniture for you. And then that way you and your friends and family, no one, no one gets hurt, hurt hopefully. Right. right. Let's see. I'm trying to think of another scenario here. And yeah, how the, well, let's just look, go into, let's go into, because one thing we haven't talked about, and I don't want to put you on the spot. And if you're not comfortable answering the question, that's fine. But to give the listener an idea, and I think they'll be surprised. I was super surprised when I hired a mover and I was like, shit, why haven't I moved myself? So what, and again, this is impossible to answer, but if I just say a three bedroom, one and a half bath ranch in any town around here that is 1100 square feet, family of four, you got two spouses, two kids, and they have typical, is the most average house. They've got one couch and one, t- you know, everything is typical. Ballpark to package them up and move them, you know, they're upgrading from a 1200 square foot home to a 2400 square foot two-story throw a ballpark out there what sure. it's going to cost. They're kind of, they're outgrowing it, yeah. right? Because I don't, I think some of them are like wondering right now, are you going to say yeah, $500 or yeah, $50,000 yeah. or so, you know, how many thousands and thousands of dollars is this? Try not to hold me to this. Yeah. This is one of the toughest questions. It is. But, I'll throw something out and hopefully not get hurt by it. So they're okay. packing themselves up. You're just doing all the all the real legwork. Okay. Yep. And then, yeah, tip, okay, 1,200 square feet. Let's say on average, and again, for local, let's right. say that that's going to be between, I'm going to be vague here right. so I don't get shot, right. uh, between 1500 and 3000 Okay. That's exactly what I think I the listener I find it wanted. hard to Just believe to like, it would be on that high end, but I'm yeah. very conservative yeah. in the way that I quote. It's probably yeah. more like 1500 to $2,500. Right. But every once in a while, you'll give a number like that and you, you come over and you find out their basements, you know. Right. Loaded it's with packed, gun, Loaded right? with gun yeah. safes. Right. 30 exactly. gun safes. In the yeah. Basement. 12 pianos, right? right. So, so there are okay. variables there, of course. Right, right. <laughs> and but the average, and again, you usually move a family in a day. I mean, is there? Do you run into times where it's like three, four days to move a house? Yes, but those homes, uh, those are your, those are your big homes, uh, large end. You know, you're talking. Yeah. Six to twelve thousand square foot homes, you know, yep. of which there are, you know, an enormous amount. But sure. those moves typically you've got at least a full day of packing, yep. maybe a day and a half, and then uh, two to three days of moving. Okay, and you want to make that as stress free yep. on that customer as possible. So right. we try and work that out with that that client. Where do you want to sleep sure. tonight? Right. Where do you want to sleep tonight? And right. we'll we'll make that happen. So during the move, I mean, we talked about your pods. Do you have other storage options available or is that, yeah. Yes. So what other options you got for storage? Uh, we have our own uh, climate control warehouse okay. that's at our headquarters, you know, here okay. in Sockville. So <clears throat> we can handle any, any storage scenario you can kind of come up with, okay. you know, Good. if you need things stored overnight or a couple of nights, uh, we're going to keep that stuff in the truck for you. Okay. Um, if you need um, a week or more, depending on the time of the year, uh, we'll likely offload that into the warehouse and then reload it, you know, when you're ready to move into that new home. Um, if you're talking a, a, a few weeks or more, we're going to bring those items into the warehouse and vault them up, you know, in our yeah. climate controlled storage and hang on to them for that kind of indeterminate amount of time. Yeah. Pull them out as soon as you're ready to move again. You know, if you were doing it a little bit on your own, that's where that movable container, that pod would yeah. kind of come into play maybe on your end too. Gotcha. Do you, are you still getting your hands dirty? Are you showing up on job sites and moving stuff or are you just running the company now? Really? I just run the company. Okay. Now. I do, I do get my hands dirty a few times a year. How's your uh, back? How's your choice. back holding up? 
I'd say my back is worse than I now sit at a desk all day <laughs> yeah, than, than it was in the field. I bet you that is falling a, apart. I bet you that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, so I, I, I totally see that. But I, I do enjoy it whenever I'm out. I enjoy it. Okay. It's good. I mean, I pay for it. Yeah. You're sore the next day because you're using those muscles you don't think about. I mean, it's literally, I mean, some of your, do some of your employees look at it as like a way to get paid to work out? Because I mean, they're working out. I mean, depending on, you know, some of them they're, definitely. They're... And I've had, uh, I've had some, some guys come to work for me who are, um, maybe a little on the heavier side, yeah. you know, when we hire them on and you'd be blown away at all these doing guys squats all day long. Yeah. You know, you've got, and they might even be eating garbage all day. I don't know where yeah. these guys stop for lunch, right. you know, probably right. not at, you know, sure. outpost. Right. So, um, <laughs> you know, they, sure. but I remember being young and doing this. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter how much or what you're eating, you're going to burn it. Right. You know, you're going to burn through it. Some of the yeah. guys will, thanks to these new pedometers, I guess, the, sure. everything's on Keep track now, now, right? Ring Someone or whatever track. it is. Yeah. Closing your rings. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I walked, you know, <laughs> get out the figure to be like, I walked 11 miles today because we had an elevator job. And you think, boy, for five and a half of those miles, you were carrying something. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And I walked, you know, 139 flights of stairs or whatever. I'm yeah. like, oh, wow. And you did half of those with some in your yeah. hands too. So it's it's pretty wild. But yeah. yeah, guys definitely do get in shape. and You don't want to arm wrestle them over. I mean, the grip yeah. strength is. Are you going to buy the Cybertruck? Are you going to use the Tesla Cybertruck? <laughs> To attach to your trailers and and move them. If if it were available in a dually, I think okay. I'd be interested. Okay. You know, I'd, I'd be interested if they could market an electric truck. Um, you know, like of a one ton variety, like we yeah. use to pull those trailers. I I would be intrigued. What um, about other battery operated? You no, know, nothing. I mean, other than other the, than the forklifts in the warehouse. You know. Yeah. What about? So you guys do take. If I understand, you guys will take apart. Furniture, bed frames, entertainment centers that yes. aren't, you know, like used. That are meant electric. to be taken apart. Yeah. That's fair. So yeah. the the typical goods you have in your home, if you're if you have a china cabinet in your dining room or a hutch or a desk that's two or three pieces, we'll, of course, take that apart, move the components, reassemble it at your new home. Yeah. Likewise with the beds yeah. um, or mirrors on dressers. Those are all just standard you know, there's no charge for that or anything like that. That's just what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, we like to say when, you know, after we leave you, you know, who knows what time that'll be. But it will be daylight with us. It's yeah. very rare that we work fast. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, I don't like the guys moving in the dark. Once we leave, you should be able to make your bed and pass out. That's kind of my, it's kind of my slogan because okay. you're going to be just exhausted. I mean, as the homeowner of having yeah. gone through this stressful yeah. event, yeah. not our services, but the, Right. concept of moving homes right um what else i'm looking over my list of questions from my team members and i think we covered a lot i certainly know a lot more about mr mover than i did 40 minutes ago great what uh what do you think support like what do you think a consumer that's thinking about hiring a professional mover for their first time what do they need to know and what sets your company apart from other companies that's a good question. What do they need to know? I think they need to know what their options are, certainly what services we can render, which you and I went through at depth here, but obviously there's more for us to talk about. Yeah, I would encourage them to call us, explain what their situation is, and we can help them review their needs, their wants and needs, right. and then you know see what 
see what they really want to budget for. Yeah. We can do as much or as little as a person wants, obviously. Yeah, so. that's what's cool. So if it is, I'm guessing most people are budget conscious because why wouldn't you? Why would you want to move yourself? But yeah, if they have if they have their own budget, you just work within their budget and say we can you know right move we can move these thirty pieces for you for that and exactly yeah okay. yeah that that's okay. actually that's a pretty neat component of how we function and we charge per piece. You know, if you called up and I quoted you and it was five hundred thirty eight dollars to move your apartment full of furniture, you oh. know, you know, like oh, I only yeah. have four hundred fifty bucks. I'll work with you. Let's go through yeah. the inventory, see what we can do. Let's talk about this. Maybe you could move this piece on your own or, you know, how big are the chairs? Could you fit the dining chairs in your SUV? You know, yeah. we're going to work with you. Okay. Um, we want to help you and we want you to have a good experience too. So, yeah. Um, where do you get all your business? Like, what do you, what's your best source of leads and uh, referrals? Is it good old fashioned referrals? Like, it's or is it advertising, internet? There's, there's, um, we, you know, we do some advertising. Um, Mostly web-based, yep. um, you know. Unfortunately, print media is you know is nearing death here. Yep, um, dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, but mostly web-based. Um, okay. Obviously, trade associations. You know, the realtors' association is very important to me. Yeah, uh, you know, you've been good to realtors. Yeah, I think I feel like you've been good to realtors, and realtors have been good to you. I think so. Like, that's important for our business, and certainly, it's a lot of repeat. And a lot of referral, a lot yeah. of word of mouth. Yeah. You know, if you're around long enough and you're doing good work, yeah. um, it's going to keep coming down the pike. I think. Yeah. Um, but we really appreciate those referrals, and yeah. that's that's a big component of it too. And that's why you just do the best job you possibly can. Right. And um, you know, like they say, maybe one out of ten people will say something about you. Right, right. You do something wrong, nine out of ten will right. say something. That's oh. <laughs> all right. So you asked the question. Now I got to ask you: like, is there? <laughs> You know, there's there's fake reviews and people that are keyboard warriors, and <laughs> we don't deal with it at all, thankfully, in real estate, but in rent estate, in the property management business, it's oh, brutal. Man, it's man. brutal because tenants tenants are brutal. They can be brutal. And they could um, even be a bad tenant, I suppose, and you have to evict them, and now they're brutal. just- It's brutal. Um, um, it's their way It's their way of getting your attention is by, um, you know- the air conditioning's out, so they file the you know the work order, and within thirty seconds they go to every website and badmouth you, saying I haven't heard from them. And it's like we'll be on the phone with them, and we'll be like, "You just posted this ten minutes ago, like I can see it. Like what are you talking about?" So do you you don't have to deal with that. I'm like you said, um, if you're doing a good job, they'll you'll only get good reviews. You do your very best. You hope you hope if you run into someone who kind of has the mentality you discussed there. Yeah. You hope they give you a shot to fix it. You know, the last thing you want to do is complain a lot online about something that you didn't actually complain to the company about in the first place because yep. they didn't have a fair shake, yep. you know, at uh, making things right. Sure. What's the biggest business mistake you've made? Ooh, jeez. Too many to choose from or <laughs> no, what? No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not a none? You don't, you've never? <laughs> oh, man. That's a tough one. Well, I can pick on myself a little bit for this one. I don't know that it's the biggest mistake. It's, it's not really fair to call it a mistake. But, you know, I purchased the company on January yep. 1st, 2009. Okay. Ooh. You're a realtor. Yeah. The year, I'm remembering the years. I'm remembering the years 2007 ah, to 2012. The beginning of the Great Recession. Yes. What a wonderful time yeah. Yeah. To, to, to buy a new company, you yeah. know. Interesting. <laughs> so then business just, you know, waned and sure. waned. You know, you knew how yeah. those years were. 
it was a stressful and scary time. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't have but known good, that going in as a, as a young, yeah. young entrepreneur, frankly, young man. I, I, but a good learning experience, right? Absolutely. So yeah. prepared to weather any storm now, right? Man, everything, anybody in our industry or tied to our industry was either getting a good lesson or making mistakes from 2007 to 2012. Great, great time to learn. <laughs> I made tons of mistakes, hopefully, hopefully learn from, which is interesting because we're in this time period now where, you know, property values are going crazy. The number of properties going up for sale are going down. So there's, you know, this piece of pie going around is not, it's not a lot. So no. thankfully, I feel like you don't have a, I mean, I'm not trying to knock any of your competition. I'm sure you have somebody out there, but you don't, you're, you're in a good position where you, you have market share and your reputation kind of speaks for itself and you guys just kind of keep kicking ass and people will keep using you. That's kind of our plan, yeah, right? And yeah. I don't know anybody who's, <clears throat> you'd hope 99% of the people who've used it, they're calling you again, right? right? Yeah, right. Um, just yeah. because they know they'll be taken care of. Yeah. So future plans for you guys pretty content in continuing to grow in this spot or are we going to franchise yeah. and be in all 50 states? Um, no intention <laughs> to do that. Okay. So then I'm no longer in the moving business. I'm in the franchising business, yeah, right? right? But, but I don't I don't have any intentions to do that. All right. So. Cool. Um, we've been talking for a while, so I hope, I hope that the listeners have a couple nuggets. Um, where do they find you? I usually, I, I was going to do this while we were wrapping, but this is a does, tough one. It's mrmover.com. That is, how do you spell Mr. though? Well, it's a, is yeah. it M-I-S-T-E-R or is it M-R period <laughs> or is it's it? It's just M-R mover. All right. M-R mover. Not dot gov. All right. Or, gotcha. Yeah. Throw the, uh, throw the, <laughs> throw the office number out there so they know where to. Or you could reach us at 262-376-9800 or visit us at mrmover.com. Feel free to check us out anywhere, everywhere. Reviews, Better Business Bureau, whatever you want to All that stuff. Out, What's around. the farthest you've uh, moved somebody? Personally, I moved someone to Bayfield once. Which, oh, that's which a possible island. you can go. Yeah. It's that's about as far, right? I know we, get in, we have moved to Superior before, okay. which for us- given our location is yeah. as far as you could go. So that's, you know, we'll go take anywhere in the state yeah. and it's, it's fun being over there. And we, we have quite a few moves over there on the river. Okay. You know, Hudson and La Crosse and Eau Claire. Here's, here's a follow-up question. What's the shortest move? Remember <laughs> that one? Remember that one? Well, have you ever moved somebody like from a condo building, like maybe like unit one to unit 10 or something? Yes. I mean, yeah. Yes. And some of that's, some of that's commercial in that, you know, sure. maybe, maybe there was an issue with the building or something and they're right. scooting down the hall. But sometimes people are moving, well, we can't be in the upper anymore. You know, they don't have an elevator yeah. and you're bumping them downstairs. Um, as far as shortest distance using trucks, yeah. we will have people move across the street or two yeah. doors down. Now, what's interesting about this is customers, I, I don't blame them for this. They have an expectation that, oh, well, this should be an easy move. Right. It literally makes no difference right. whether you're moving 900 feet away right. or nine miles. Right. Other than the, you know, to seven extra minutes I was going to drive those nine miles. Right. Because we still have to perform the same makes task. Total, makes total sense. And like you said, you can't blame them because <laughs> no, you're, you're no. psychologically, it seems like, well, I, you know, I don't think they should charge me. I'm just going right there. But yeah. You should comp this one. You moved me yeah. last year. We're just going down the block. Yeah. Makes total sense. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that was cool. We've been uh, wrapping for a while now, so we'll wrap it up. Well, thank you. Um, I feel like everybody will get some good information about professional movers. Keep doing a good job. I know my team uses you a lot and- 
We love to give you referrals and you make us look good. Otherwise, yeah, when you start doing a shitty job, honestly, we will stop sending your name to people because, again, that'll reflect poorly on us. But I'd expect that. Keep kicking ass and doing a good job and we'll go from there. Thank you very much, Tom. All right. Well, with that, we'll sign off. Remember to always use your local lender and always use your local mover, which in this case is Mr. Mover. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll take care and talk to you next time. See everybody later. Thanks for listening to Home Selling Hero. For more, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and connect with Tom across LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have a question about selling your home or buying your next one, reach out to Tom at tom at tomdidier.com or call or text him directly at 414-881-3290. Home Selling Hero is a production of Tom Didier Real Estate in partnership with Westport Studios. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and any information presented during the course of discussion is presented as reliable under the laws of the state of Wisconsin. Be sure to consult a local agent in order for any nuances where you may live.